This is Pixel Splitters, your absolute favorite conversation movie news podcast with your hosts, Josh. My experience with a lot of these films is where I saw it, who I saw it with, and the experience I got. And Willis. There's like a little literal level of anxiety with me of how many <laughs> things I have to see. Join us each week as we break down the latest movie news, TV news, and general industry news and debate about what it all really means. This is the final episode of the year, guys. We did it. We made it all the way through 2023, an incredibly chaotic year, if I do say so myself, yes. especially for the film industry. And yeah, so I guess I'm just going to get right into it by saying that, like we said last week, we are going to be doing a Megapixels, but a, a very specific and different kind of Megapixels. We normally do a top five of the year list. And we yes. decided to do something a little bit different. We're going to be doing our first ever movie draft on this podcast, which we've been talking about for a little bit. Um, we didn't really yeah. know exactly how to work it into our schedule, but we figured this is a perfect time because it gives us the opportunity to talk about more films than we normally would. Because, yeah. um, well, And we'll I think get... we've been meaning to do a draft for a while. Yeah, they seem fun. And then we finally have <laughs> a nice place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah, we will definitely see. And I'll get into the rules uh, after we go through what's coming out this week because there are some specific rules, some specific guidelines. But before we do any of that, let me just run through what's coming out this week because I guess like everybody's dumping all their stuff this week. I don't really know why, but there's a ton Gotta coming. Gotta get it out before, <laughs> we do. Uh, before the year ends. Before the year ends. Um, all Oscar contenders, of course. We have in theaters, we have well. Anyone But You <laughs> uh, hitting, and these are all coming out on the 22nd. We have Anyone But You. Yes. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, The Iron Claw, Migration, American Fiction, and Poor Things. Those last two are going wide. They've been out for a week or so. Um, mm -hmm. What a weekend for movies. I mean, holy crap. There's something for everybody there. Pretty much, yeah. Um, yeah I'm looking forward you know. to a lot of these. Um, I mean, a lot of them are like on the must-watch list yeah. for sure. And the others are ones that I'm like, I'm going to watch that anyway at some yeah, point. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so yeah, um, I will check this entire weekend off at some point. Not this weekend, but no, but at some point in the in the future. Uh, so that's what's coming for theaters, for streaming, for shows. We have Percy Jackson, the Olympians season one hitting Disney Plus on the 20th. Um, cool. We have another you, Percy Jackson. Do you know, uh, <laughs> were you were you of that age with the Percy Jackson? <laughs> this I the was statement I've ever made. <laughs> With that there, with that there, Percy Jackson. Um, <laughs> I was just a little bit too, like two years too old for that. Um, okay. But I mean, many people I know, my brother included, loved this series. So I don't, you know, it is what it is. It's kind of like in the Harry Potter YA kind of yeah. thing for me. Um, I don't know. Cool. If they do it well, sounds good to me. Okay. Um, we have Dr. Death season two hitting Peacock on the 21st. And then we have What If season two. Forgot that was coming on Disney Plus on the 22nd. Yeah. Um, I like What If. Cool. It's the yeah. last good Marvel thing. It'll be interesting thing. <laughs> to see. You know, the last one ended pretty definitively. Um, yeah. But we'll see where we go from here, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, we definitely will. Uh, for movies, we have Trevor Noah, Where Was I? Uh, Netflix, hitting Netflix mm -hmm. on the 19th. We have Tropic hitting, uh, I think, VOD on the 19th. We have Maestro hitting Netflix on the 20th. Rebel Moon Part 1 hitting Netflix on the 21st. And uh, Dream Scenario is coming to VOD on the 22nd. I... I'm still kind of looking forward to Rebel Moon, even though everybody's saying that it's absolutely horrendous. Nine <laughs> percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But that's what's coming this week, I'm, guys. I, I'll want to watch that as well, I, just because I have to know. 
I mean, we've know, seen like every Snyder, to. you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is what's coming this week, guys. Without further ado, let's do our first ever movie draft. So movie draft, this is something that you might know about, something that you might not. It's essentially just like any other draft where the goal is to have the best lineup at the end of the game, I guess, per se. Yes. We're doing this at the end of 2023. And the reason we're doing that, like I said at the top, is so that we can talk about some more like a a wider range of movies because we are going to have to draft six movies in six different categories all of which, except for one, yes. have to have released within the calendar year of 2023. So it's just 2023 films. Yes. Um, and, you know, this is subjective, of course, so no one can really lose. Although, you did say that Jess will be determining the winner. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Jess, my, my wife Jess has said that uh, should it come to it, she's happy to be the final judge. Yes. Which... Uh, which should tell me to cater my picks to her, but I'm not going to. I know that. it changes the whole dynamic of the uh, <laughs> whole dynamic of the game. But I am uh, I'm drafting from the heart on this, regardless of who the judges are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess we can go over the categories now. Do we want to do that? Yes. So, like I said, six categories. All categories except for one have to have been released within 2023. First category. So movie, not from 2023. We usually do a runner-up, yes. which is this. So we decided to add yeah. it as a category. I will say not from 2023 and not like a rewatch. Yes. First time watch. That's a good. Yeah. Uh, that's not good. like I watch Jurassic Park again. It's amazing. Right. The Matrix is my uh, <laughs> is my not from 2023. Yeah. There you go. Um, so we have that. We have Underseen Gem. That's a movie that you believe should have been seen by way more people, but wasn't. Um, yeah. We have budget over $100 million, but I changed it to a budget of $100 million or more because like sure. I, it, it just works like that, which should be interesting because it's not always would we draft movies of that, I guess, budget. <laughs> um, yeah. But that should be interesting. We also have biggest surprise. That's pretty wide open for interpretation. Could be acting, mm -hmm. could be just general feeling on the film, could be just about anything. We also have Oscar prediction. This will be a movie, and then what Oscar you believe that it will win. It doesn't have to win that, obviously, but you know, so there could be yeah. some category fraud here. But yeah, we know. won't we won't <laughs> deduct points from the final score in three months. Yes, exactly. Uh, and then the final category is breakthrough. This can also be actor, director, writer cinematographer whatever you would whatever you would like to draft in this category yes um so that's it that's that's what we got final um, note if a movie is drafted yes it cannot be used by anyone else in any other category yes once movies so if off josh the board, picks barbie as you know budget of whatever i cannot pick barbie as uh underseen gem yes underseen yeah <laughs> More people should have seen that. Yes, exactly. So I guess the last thing we have to do here is determine an order, which yes, I also... Yes, and I thought about this. <laughs> I got a coin Ooh. precisely for this. Uh, yeah, I had this thought when I was sitting down. I have a silver half dollar here. Beautiful, um, beautiful. Actually, I think it's just a regular silver dollar. I have no idea. Yeah, yes, one dollar. Perfect. Anyway, uh, so I'm going to flip this. Uh, you call it in the air, and whoever gets it goes first goes first yeah so we don't determine like okay. yeah 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 all, all right. right ready yep call it in the air i'm gonna try and flip this in front of okay tails uh <laughs> tails is your call yeah tails it is 
Oh, let's go. All right, so Josh goes first. I go first, and like we said, we're going to be drafting a movie not from 2023 first here. Um, I'm going to draft Celine Siama's Petite Maman, which I watched earlier this year. Um, Celine Siama, director of Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Uh, I just watched this on a whim because it released last year or two years ago now. Um, mm-hmm. And is a really strange, quiet, surreal kind of film about growing up, but it's also about reflection and about like essentially what you leave behind with your kids not like physical things but emotional things and mm-hmm. it is a gorgeous film it is one of the favorite things i've watched in the last like 10 years just because of how quaint how simple but how much it makes you think and like selena siama's production value is always super high so it looks great it's acted really well and this is no exception i loved this movie it's fantastic um and it's only like 80 nice. something minutes so Check it out. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, all right. So that's that's Josh. Mm-hmm. Uh, my runner up or my one best favorite one, whatever, from 2023. Clearly, mm-hmm. I have all of these categories <laughs> in lockstep here. Is a movie that was, in fact, just from last year. Um, it was really hard to pick this one because of the insane Oscar tear I went on oh, God, uh, earlier yeah. in the year where I watched all of the Oscar nominations. Oh, yeah. So, like, <laughs> That was a big list to pull from, um, and I'm pulling from that list, and my uh, favorite from not 2023 is going to be Living uh, yeah. from 2022. Yeah. Bill Nye and Amy Lou Woods. Um, remake of a Kurosawa movie directed by Oliver Hermanus. And I think about this movie a lot. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful portrayal. I mean, similar to what you were saying, a beautiful portrayal of like growing older and thinking about your legacy and thinking about what to do with the time that you have left. And it's really quaint. It's really touching. Um, I may be more in the minority on this, but I was absorbed into this movie. Yeah. Um, and the soundtrack is amazing. I still listen to that all the time. Um, but it's great too, to see Bill Nye going for it. Yeah. You know, cause you clearly know that he can, you clearly know that that's there. But you think of like I was just here off the top of my head trying to come up with three or four and all of them are like Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. You know, or um, all, like, of, all of these films. other ones. Or, yeah. Like Pirates of the Caribbean, like all of these kind of things that are not huge impact films, not huge impact, but not like um, hard hitting performance films. Yeah. Um, and then he comes in and he just blows it away. Uh, yeah. In living. And it's amazing so um nice that's a movie i think i'll revisit a few times over the years yeah totally well and it's funny because that movie was one of the ones from last year that we were like where did this come from like i don't remember hearing about this but suddenly he's up for like best best lead and we're like uh Mm -hmm. okay fantastic i I don't know anything about this but it's like the to leslie like kind of thing it's like oh yeah absolutely and it's one of those that was one of the ones that like it didn't it just wasn't coming out. There was like no yeah. announcement of streaming or anything. And then like, I think it was a couple of weeks before the Oscars, it dropped on VOD and I was like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even, I still have not so, watched it. I, I ne- definitely need to check it out now. Um, it's uh, it's on Netflix now. Oh, fantastic. Oh my God. Netflix has been stepping it up recently. It is really weird how many things that I've like remember watching in the past year have shown up on netflix and i'm like oh yeah i remember that yeah they're they're doing the thing um it's really really interesting well that's great um 
that's a wonderful pick. Both of ours within the last two years could have been anyone. Um, all right, so now back to me, and yes. I should have thought about this more because I'm like, okay, so what if the, what does this mean? Yeah, if what's I pick your this opening here, salvo? This is the only movie that I know that I need to have, and this is the only category where I'm like, I, I, I have a good sense that this will win this, and if and everything else will fall into place. I have to take past lives and Oscar prediction, and I'm predicting that it will win original screenplay. This movie is like a true five star movie to me. It is one of those films where after I saw it, I could not stop thinking about. It. I still can't stop thinking about it today. Yeah. Um, it just hit me in so many different levels that I almost didn't really understand that I had. And Celine's song yeah. just blows everyone out of the water in terms of her, like her tone and just like the, it's so specific. Like she just, she just has this vision that is so well crafted and, you know, mm -hmm. finding the performance, the performers to, you know, basically bring this to life. She nails it. And everything about this film, I thought just, you know, it absolutely blew me away. I don't know what else to say about past lives. It hasn't been yeah. said time and time again, but I absolutely adore this film. I can't wait to watch it more. I can't wait to buy it on Blu-ray. And yeah, yeah, just absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully it wins original screenplay. I don't see how it doesn't, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's incredible that, you know, I had past lives in a handful of my categories here. Cause yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's a top movie of the year for sure. As yeah. much as we give it, we don't give it crap, but as much as we despair about how it's going to be overshadowed by these other huge films. Yeah. It deserves its place on the list. Totally. So, yeah. Damn. Screw you for knocking that one out. I know I, ha I had to, I'm like, I just have to, <laughs> um, I'm going to play like a similar kind of card here. Um, and take one early, Mm -hmm. that I just like have to have in my corner. Uh, and that's for budget of a hundred million plus. I'm going to take uh Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> There's one of those. I'm like, I can't not have this one here. I know. Um, I know it's, it's, I mean, again, we're, we're in a place where we've talked about this movie ad nauseum. So it's like, you what know, can what we say? Can we say? <laughs> it's a beautiful work of art. The fact that it is so, artistic and so um such a high level of filmmaking while it's a crazy animated film about spider-man yeah it's it's wild that those two things can coexist yeah and to be a sequel a spider-man sequel come yeah. on man this movie is just in ways it's better than the first one like it's so i revisited it uh this weekend uh, for, uh, just in mm -hmm. bits and pieces and even on my TV, I'm just, and you said this when you watched it again, I'm just like, it just, it moves, man. The it whole thing, yeah. it's so cohesive and beautiful and it's not gimmicky. It's just, it's just, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So <laughs> that's in like there four you go. of my categories. This is weird because that's really the only one that I was like, all right, I have to get that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, and that could have gone in a few different categories. Um, yeah. Damn. All right. So back to me now. What am I going to do here? Yes. I'm going to do. Um, that's you're not going to take that. I'm going to I have to go budget <laughs> over 100 million as well, because there's actually a lot of movies that were really good that had a budget of over 100 million dollars. Um, yeah. And I'm going to take Oppenheimer. Uh, 
which Ooh. was around a hundred million. It's hard to kind of like figure that out, but um, yeah, yeah, Oppenheimer. Wow, I, what a picture! It's been a long time since it came out. Now, um, yeah, it's it still is one that I revisit in my mind a lot. I saw it twice in theaters, and I still can't believe it's a Christopher Nolan movie. Like to me, I'm just like, how did yeah, right? at this stage in his career that he's transforming himself into something that I'm like, I didn't know you had this in you. And he did it with Tenet too, where it's, that's more in his lane, but I'm still like, how are you cranking out the best things that you've ever done now? Like, yeah. that's crazy to me. And Oppenheimer is just like, I mean, it it's mind blowing in many, many different ways. Uh, it's, it's construction, it's production, the Killian Murphy of it all. I mean, it just, mm-hmm. it's unbelievable to watch. And this is what you use $100 million for. Like, that's another thing I'm like, this is yeah. what you do. Spider-Verse is another example. It's like, you're given 100 mil, this is what you can accomplish, you know? And so everyone else who falls short, I'm like, I don't get it, frankly. Um because you can do something. Well, then you look at something like Elemental, where you're like, where it's like is two hundred fifty? Yeah, going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or any of the Marvel movies that came out this year, and um, so yeah. I mean, again, Oppenheimer. I've talked a lot about it on this podcast, but I still love it. And uh, yeah, that'll be budget over a hundred million dollars. Oppenheimer. There you go. Um, yeah, I mean, Oppenheimer's Oppenheimer. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's weird. I I I did my full list of the year and Oppenheimer didn't score as highly as I kind of assumed it was going to. Yeah. But I mean, it's still, you know, it's still up there. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And it's, it's almost, I will say kind of nice to have that one off the, off the docket. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of like, all right, Oppenheimer and Spider-Verse are taken now. Like, yeah, we can, we can can pause. Um, Yes. Yes. Where do I go now? I'm going to jump in and take one that I, I oh, what category do I want to do this in? Well, Mm-mm-mm. see, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do uh, my breakthrough um, Ooh. category here. Um, and I'm interpreting this just as breakthrough movie that was, I don't think anyone would have looked twice at that's kind of broken through the, um, at least for me, broken through the noise. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to be Tetris. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> I like, I mean, again, this is kind of one we've talked a ton about in the, on this pod, but I went into this movie expecting it to be terrible. Yeah. Like expecting this to be like, all right, Taron Edgerton with a weird mustache, like <laughs> in, the, in a movie about a game about Tetris. Like, yeah, sure. Um, but I keep thinking about this movie. I keep thinking about the score of this movie. I don't think there's necessarily anything groundbreaking in terms of the performance. Yeah. You know, but I think the breakthrough is really this film's ability to like stand apart and confound expectation. Totally. Yeah. Because it is just a movie about getting rights to a game, but it is yeah. also a badass Soviet spy movie. Yeah. You know, um, it is. which it has no right being both of those things. Um, <laughs> so shout out John Bayard uh, directing it. Um, I mean, I, I, another one that I feel like I'll revisit this a few times. Highly yeah. watchable. Yeah. Yeah. And just a good time. And again, I'm like, it came out in the middle of the 
brands are movies craze and so i think i had mm-hmm. the same kind of because it dropped like the same week as like blackberry and flaming hot yeah. and you're like there's no way that these are good right right <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, and, and i think it is you know this one of the stronger of that subgenre that's that's emerged so i like it more uh, than tetris air. is gonna be yeah you know yeah air also <laughs> Like on my top list of the of my top twenty five, but sure. not very high. Yeah, yeah. So, so nice. Tetris is going to be my breakthrough. That's a great one. That's a great one. Um, all right. I don't think that we'll have any overlap in the next three. So I'm going to kind of just go wild here, and I'm going to go with um, biggest surprise is for me is Godzilla minus one. Um, mm. I cannot wait for you to see this movie, dude. I know I'm dying. I know. I keep, and I don't know if it's going to play anywhere near you or, or what, or what, but it is. I think it is. I think I looked, but. Oh, yeah. okay. It, it It's worth seeing in a theater for sure. Um, it's hard to make a good Godzilla film. It really is. And I think Toho, it's yeah. been a long time. I think they made Shin Godzilla, but before then it'd probably been like 40 years since they had done a real Godzilla film because Warner yeah. Brothers had taken the rights and all of this stuff and, um, and did nothing with it. And this felt like an actual film to me it didn't feel like a part of something it didn't because like every godzilla film from warner brothers these days is like part of this extended universe and here's your monster universe yeah exactly and i think it's fine if done well but this felt it was so refreshing to see a film that was different in tone different in the way it's uh like the production is different in every feasible way but also showed me something that I'd never seen before in Godzilla films, not just in the monster stuff, because truly there was things that I'd never seen before, but also this, like the humanity. And I think that in the current iteration of Godzilla and Kong, it's like they're, they don't know what to do with the human characters. And this Mm -hmm. film just knew exactly what it was supposed to be and what it was trying to do. And it's heartfelt, it's melodramatic, but in the best possible way, it's just, it's so smart and so thoughtful and just, I mean, this movie was made for under $10 million and it looks better than any of the movies that we'll, we'll talk about. Um, it's unbelievable. So yeah, Godzilla minus one, my biggest surprise, mostly because you it's, I haven't seen a really good Godzilla movie in a long time. And I'm like, yeah, come on. You know, it has this kind of, I'd be interested to see what you think of Shin Godzilla. I think I'll like it a lot. Yeah. I, I'm really tempted to try and do the entire Godzilla filmography next year. Yeah. I'm like, it It feels like an undertaking, but it's also like a lot of them are like 80 minutes long. Right, right. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> I, could, I, I can knock those out easily. So I don't know. I'm yeah. really tempted. I am dying to see Godzilla minus one. It's like I, I there's like a little literal level of anxiety with me of how many <laughs> things I have to see. I know. Um, because it's like, I keep, the list keeps getting longer and I'm not seeing any of them. So, yeah, <laughs> but I digress. That's a great one. So that was your biggest surprise. Yep. Biggest surprise. Um, um, I'm going to pop back over to, no, I'm not. I feel like we need like an extra level of like roll a dice to decide which one you have to cast or something like that. But yeah, for next yeah, yeah, time. yeah, 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 now I'm just them. like analysis paralysis over here like which one do i want to do um yeah you can't make the choice you have to let the dice choose yeah um 
I'm going to jump over to uh, 2023 Underseen Gem. Mm. Uh, and I am going to throw out which of these two that I'm staring at. Ooh. I am going to throw out Missing. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people would be surprised to remember that Missing came out this year. Yeah. Uh, this movie, you know, a sequel, supposed sequel to uh, Searching. Um mm-hmm. Storm Reed is great in this. You know, I watched this just a few weeks ago, so it's still pretty fresh in my mind. But the way it's handled is so impressively done to the level that you forget about the gimmick, which is an incredible feat. Um, And there's just so much tension and drama that's built into this movie uh, that has such a unique storytelling style. So I loved this movie. I don't have a lot more to say about it, but... I don't remember much of any kind of ad campaign no. about it. No. Like, it kind of just showed up and then left, and I was like, this movie's crazy. You yeah. Know? Um, and it's just kind of uh, kind of came and went, and no one talked about it. So, yeah. Underseen. You got to see that one. Everybody. You do got to see this one. I, I got to see this in a theater, and there was basically nobody in there, and it was weird because... I don't know why I went to see it because I like you I don't remember any kind of really massive marketing push towards this film although again this this year felt so long so I'm like I who knows what happened but <laughs> yeah. I I don't remember any of that and yet searching I think was kind of a hit at the time so it's like yeah you know sequel to a popular I don't know it's it's like a th- it's like a really crowd pleasing thriller too that kind of keeps you on the edge of its seat so it's like if people knew about it I think they would have gone for this film um yeah that's not it's so strange i'm like did did they just not think they had a, a win on their hand i mean it didn't do great i just brought up its box office it did 32 mil yeah you know its entire run which is not great and only 48 international yeah um, or sorry 48 worldwide so like yeah not great not a box office win for sure definitely uh, not. although the budget couldn't have been that much but Right, um, but like a good solid movie that's worth watching. Definitely, hundred percent. That's a great one. Damn. Um, I am going to go with Breakthrough. There's a lot this year. Um, I'm gonna do a Breakthrough director, which there was also a lot this year. But I mm. got to go with my heart on this. Um, a movie that kind of came and went as well, which it had a lot of buzz at the time, but it kind of fell off pretty quickly. I'm gonna go with Talk to Me. The Filippo Bros first mm. film ever with A20 or ever partnered with A24. It's easily the horror standout of the year for me. Um it's kind of another one that I also getting distance from. I'm like, I need to re- I need to watch this movie again because the fact yeah. that nobody saw it and nobody talked about it, I think was like Barbarian had legs last year because people were so amped about it and people saw it. Not that many people saw Talk to Me, and it's kind of a bummer because I'm like, that. I don't know what that's going to do for their chances in the future, but this movie rips, dude. This movie is sick. It is so, like, gnarly and mean and unapologetic, and it's like, it's one of those movies that's like, it, it takes the possession genre and f- not, f- it doesn't flip it, but it shows you something that you've never seen, and I think that's kind of a... Uh, like a motif with all my films here. It's like, I, I'd never seen anything like what I saw in talk to me sure. and their filmmaking style, um, coming from YouTube and really just like 
creating something that they wanted to see worked perfectly with a cast that I'd never seen before. Everybody was amazing in it. And yeah, I'm like, it's, it's this in past lives and all of these films. And I'm like, how the hell is this your first movie, dude? Like, what are you talking? Like, this is <laughs> yeah. something that like people dream about and you just happen to like hit it home run. Um, so check out, talk to me. It's great. Um, yeah. So nice. that's, that's what I'm going to take for breakthrough. Okay. All right. Shout out All to right. the Filippo. So we're bros. down to Yes, we're down. We got two two each remaining, right? Uh I have, have one, one now remaining? at this point. Okay. So you have what biggest No, you have Underseen Gem. Underseen Gem left, yeah. Okay. And then I have uh Oscar and Biggest Surprise. Yes. So I'm wondering what your Oscar is going to be here. <laughs> well, it's weird because I'm looking at it here and I'm like, well, here's a big list of things he's not going to pick for Underseen Gem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it could be. You kind of have um, the run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, this is tough. I'm going to go with kind of against my better judgment. Oh. All right. I'll put it this way. I feel weirdly obligated right now. To say Barbie. Mm, okay. Because Barbie is Barbie and Barbie yeah. is going to be a huge player at the Oscars. Like. Yeah. Whatever you want to say about it. But in that vein, I don't think I am going to pick Barbie. Ooh. I think I'm going to go with May, December oh. and Natalie Portman for best actress. Wow. Okay. Okay. Because... See, even I don't know now that I'm even saying it, but I'm like, I I keep thinking about that performance and the subtlety to it and the just like weird growth path that like is there, but is so disconcerting in of itself. And like, yeah, you know, just like the things she did with that role that were just like broad emotion all over the map. Yes. Um, Agreed. So it's, it's weird. So. Yeah, I mean, I it's it's also I think a good bet for um uh Julianne Moore. Um yeah. she's also the great in there, but I think Yeah. I think um Natalie Portman takes the cake on that one. It'll be t- I I don't know if I agree that like she'll I'm just I'm arguing myself now. <laughs> I know uh, like I geez. don't know if I agree that she'll beat out uh Lily Gladstone. If she runs then, yeah, in that if she runs in that one, um, but that's I mean, fine. We've been saying for the longest time, I think it's yeah. Lily Gladstone's to lose, but yeah, there is steep competition in that category. So yes. And this uh, is I'm aspirational. December on the map. Yeah. I love that. That's I feel like it's one of those ones that I'm like, I'm also staring at it right here going like, well, I've just lost Jess's vote. <laughs> well, that's what I was like. I know what you need to pick. For you to win this, <laughs> like a hundred percent, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll run through a um, honorable mentions list at the end because there's a lot of films yeah. that we're not going to be picking. There's a here. lot of ones that are just chilling that aren't that deserve to be. Yeah, up. yeah. But you know, we're going to highlight some movies that you might not have seen or heard of, heard of. So that's that's part yeah. of why we're doing this now. Um, there that's go. great. I'm glad you picked May, December. It is definitely in my top 10. Like it is so good. It is so weird, yeah. but so perfect for this time. Um, that's great. That's great. Ooh, I wonder if, so you have, I know we just said this, but you have yeah. under gem left. Yes. 
which is tough for me because there's a lot of underseen films that came out this year. Mm-hmm. The one that I'm going to go with um, is Joyride, which nobody saw, and I'm kind of bummed. And this, I, I had nice. this in my surprise too because it's a it's a raunch comedy, and usually those don't work for me. Um, this is Adele Lim's weirdly touching and really specific to my own experience film about a group of friends going off to help one of their other friends find her birth mother. And it's this really weird, insanely raunchy, but heartfelt comedy, like an adventure, like a, like a, like a road trip comedy about these friends going all across the globe. And it has heart. It stars Stephanie Hsu and Ashley Park. And, you know, and it's just like, I don't know. I walked out of this film just feeling so like revitalized. And part of that is because Mm -hmm. one, I genuinely think that this is hilarious. It pushes boundaries, but I'm like, it's nothing that, you know, Apatow and McKay and whoever didn't do in the early 2000s, you know, but she does it in a really contemporary 2023 way. Um, Again, it's like for some reason, maybe it's because comedies don't play anymore, but nobody saw this film kind of bummed about that because I'm like, it definitely made my top 20. So yeah, Joyride. It's I'm, weird. I feel like comedies have become like yeah. this weird niche genre that you like, oh wow, like this uh, and Bottoms I think is the other one that I think of from this year. Yes. Where it's like, oh wow, like just like a straight comedy. Cool. You don't Surprising. see those anymore. Yeah. And the yeah. J-Law one, the whatever that one was, Sorry to Bother You uh, no or hard whatever. Feelings. Yeah, No Hard Feelings. Yeah. And I'm just like- Golden Globe nominated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, my final pick uh, is Joyride. Nice, nice. Uh, so that leaves me with biggest surprise. Um, yeah, which I like my whole category that I have left here. Um, but I'm gonna go with the one that I had in a couple other categories as well because like another one that I keep thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my biggest surprise uh, for this year is gonna be reality. Yes. Um, you know, in terms of just. I don't know really what I expected from that movie, but this is my first um, interaction with Sydney Sweeting. This mm-hmm. is the first thing I've ever seen with her in it. Um, and there you go. Like that's a performance <laughs> to be introduced with. Yes, it um, is. I mean, this movie is, is great. This movie is so tense. This movie does so much with so little. Yeah. You know, like you think about it, it's not much more than like a one or two room set. Yeah. Um, and you are on the edge of your seat the whole time. And her performance is so like nuanced and stressful and just great. High anxiety um, throughout that whole film. <laughs> high anxiety. Um, small, anxious movies. That apparently is my thing. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think, is this um, also a directorial debut? I believe I like- so. Yeah, it was um, Tina Satter. 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 But yeah, that yeah, would yeah, be yeah. her first, her Dude. first movie. Holy shit! <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah, and that I had for I had down for unseen gem and and breakthrough too because yeah, you know there's something to be said for that movie and all of them. Hundred <sighs> percent. Yeah. But there we yeah. go. Um, yeah. Holy crap. Bring through that kind of fast. 
Yeah, well, that's good because we're going to run through them again and then we're going to talk about some honorable mentions. And then at the very end, we're going to go through our top five movies of the year. Yes. Um, so we have a little bit left here, but um, do you want to run through a surprise category in right now? Oh, God, I'm not ready for that. We could do wild card. <laughs> we could do a wild card. I was ready. For, I, I mean, I could do another one. It could be any film that just we haven't picked yet. And you could redeem yourself in the eyes of your wife. How am I not redeem? Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, whoa, judgment on my No, 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 my no, no, no. Just in terms of, you know. Um, all right. I kind of want to like throw one of our other ones in there just to screw with you. But yeah, okay, let's do hey, a wild card. Okay. Do whatever you want to do. Um, okay. So then I guess that would be me. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. That'd be your wild card there, Josh. Jesus. Um, my wild card is going to be, you know what? I'm going to go with How to Blow Up a Pipeline, which I watched a little bit earlier this year, uh, directed by Daniel Goldhaber and- is like that is a 2002 movie or a 2022 movie is it not oh really oh god no disqualified i win no 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 it, it <laughs> premiered last year but it came out this year i feel yeah there's it's one of those things that's questionable about uh letterbox how release dates work cuz it says 2022 on imdb2 and but. so does showing up the Kelly Reichert film, which is definitely was yeah. released this year. Anyway, fine. Not how to blow up a pipeline. No, you can have it. No, you can have it. Take I, it. Go for okay, it. Okay. Okay. Because, <laughs> all right. Um, how to blow up a pipeline. I mean, how, what, what, I mean, this is like one, again, like an anxiety film about climate activism uh, in the digital age and is just a, um, it just moves and it's like it's structured kind of like a Soderbergh film it's like a you know a heist film meets yeah this kind of like really really intense but sincere movie about what we're doing to the world yeah. and the climate and I loved this I just everyone did their job and it was something that I'm like I wasn't quite sure I think this was on my top five most anticipated for this year but you I never so. know. I think I remember that, yeah. Um, neon distribution. Uh, I thought this movie was awesome. And I think this obviously also could have been in Surprise or Underseen Gem because not that many people saw it. But it's sick. How to Blow Up a Pipeline is really, really good. So yeah. check it out if you if you can. I remember this being one of the first ones that I was like, here we go into really good 2023 movies. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, um, so. that's a great one. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna change on my tracking here that to 2023. Okay, yeah, because I it uh, definitely came out technically this year. I was like, no way. Yeah, you're you're fine. You're good. Thank um, you. All right. So in terms of that, uh, a wild card for me, um, which is just like look at my list here and see I which one I want to talk about. <laughs> um, I'm really tempted to talk about Baby Assassins Two Babies, uh, but I will not. Um, that was the top of my list for underseen gem, but Ooh. I went a different direction. You did. Uh because I'd lose. But <laughs> uh I'm gonna go ahead and throw I don't want to throw any of these out there. Uh <laughs> <laughs> it could be any All right, movie. I mean I, I'm gonna go ahead and throw out um Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Yes. Um, yes. Which is I think the popcorn movie of the year. Um, easily you know arguably you could say that was barbie but i think there's barbie's got a lot more going on in terms of um cultural impact i think than uh totally to just call it pure popcorn um yes 
So Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. I had so much fun in this movie. It's you know so what I mean? Good. Like it is, it knows exactly what it is. It's top tier of exactly what it is. Yes. You know, it's not really necessarily trying to be like a high quality movie, which sounds really negative, but like a, you know, <laughs> like an Oscar-esque kind of thing. Like it's not trying to reach for pinnacles of, you know, cinema. Um, right. it's, it's the seventh Mission Impossible movie. But right. they've gotten very good at making Mission Impossible movies. Um, yes. And this one's no exception. Um, I mean, great throughout. Even knowing what the giant stunt was, it was still oh. something to see. Yeah. Um, Tom Cruise, man. You know, I, we Tom were saying Cruise, about man. this about Top Gun Maverick last year. Like, you know, he's putting out banger after banger. Um, he's good at what he does. Yeah. 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 Just, Drive motorcycles off of cliffs. Exactly. Put himself into insanely dangerous situations. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, part one. Um, yeah. Part of my two movie letterbox list of run sideways, you dumbass. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, great. Yeah. Yes. Can't wait for part two. I know. Same. I've, this movie like splits the difference between what James Bond is trying to do and what Mission Impossible mm-hmm. is trying to do. And it does it perfectly because Bond goes in and out. It's It's been trying to be more prestige kind of filmmaking. And not that mm-hmm. MI7 is in any way bad. It's just high tier popcorn. And like, and we mm-hmm. knew that going in, whereas like Barbie, we didn't know that was going to be as insane as it yeah. was a popcorn film we knew what we were getting into when we saw mission impossible uh and yeah that stunt like you said i mean not only the stunt but the follow-up to the stunt like what happens mm-hmm. right after is exactly what makes this series absolutely amazing um because it's like it's hilarious like the, it's hilarious they're all bumbling like fools like they're idiots and it's yeah. just so funny to me that this is like how it is but everybody's yeah. all over the place no yeah. one has a handle on anything nobody has a handle on anything and it's the chaos of it all that's a great one i'm glad you brought it up because uh i love that yeah. movie yeah. <laughs> yeah and god bless Haley atwell and her pants oh my god her pantsuits just absolutely amazing um yeah yeah, Vanessa Kirby too. I mean, Rebecca mm-hmm. Ferguson, like Palm Clementif, like just come on, man. The movie is amazing. Um, well, there you go. That's our draft. Right. We did it. We added a category impromptu, but that's what it is. Um, do we want to run through ours like in entirety yes. from top to bottom? Yes, let's or run through our whole thing. Whatever order we want to go in, there is no top or bottom. But <laughs> yeah, well, do your not released first. Or your right. 2020. So, not uh, 2023 movie first. Yes. My not from 2023 movie was Petite Maman. My budget over $100 million was Oppenheimer. My underseen gem was Joyride. My biggest surprise of the year was Godzilla Minus One. My Oscar prediction was Past Lives for Best Original Screenplay. And my breakthrough was Talk to Me by the Filippo Brothers. And my wild card was How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Uh, yeah. What about nice. you? That's a good list. We both have good lists. That's a great list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's weird. And it's like, I think we've achieved our goal of not just having like the top five movies for each of us. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I will run through mine. Uh, my movie that was not released in 2023 was uh, Living from 2022. Uh, my Oscar prediction was May, December 
um, and Natalie Portman for Best Actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, my budget of $100 million plus was Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse because, of course, it was. Yep. Uh, my biggest surprise for the year was Reality. Mm-hmm. My biggest, or my 2023, unde- I'm losing all my abilities of speech. <laughs> My 2023 underseen gem was missing, and my breakthrough was uh, Tetris. Nice. And then my wild card was Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. So. I love how that's a wild card pick. That's, I love it. Yeah. I love it how I have three movies that are one word, one movie that is two words, and then two movies that are a whole bunch of words. A ton of words. <laughs> oh, fantastic. That's great. We, again, we talked about a ton of movies that probably would not have made it anywhere near, yeah. not anywhere near, but not in the top five. Um, do we want to shout out some like honorable mentions here, ones that we didn't talk about that maybe we should have? Uh, yeah, sure. What do you got? Well, I mean, No Killers of Flower Moon on this list at all, which could have yeah. gone in a couple different categories. That was the one really I was debating uh, yeah. for Oscar nom. Yeah, Oscar nom or budget over 100 mil. I think this is 200 million dollars yeah. um, for Marty, but also in the same vein, Barbie. Like I, I struggled yeah. not including it, but also like Barbie wasn't in. It's in my top ten, but it wasn't like you know in that upper echelon of films. Yeah. And I also thought you might take it, so I'm like, well, I don't want to step on everything. I, I, <laughs> I, there is something to be said for hedging our bets with Barbie too. I was like, yeah. Barbie is on most of my things here. Well, it's mm-hmm. on the two big ones. Um, yeah. but at the bottom, cause I'm like, oh, he's probably going to grab Barbie quick. So. Right. Yeah. I had it in best original song, um, and budget over a nice. million. Mm. Yeah. Um, Dungeons and Dragons, I had almost in biggest surprise. Cause like it was my number two after Godzilla. Cause I'm like, I really had no expectation that that was going to be good. And I've yeah. seen it twice and I love that movie. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. It's so much fun. It like, I feel like that that was a contender. I don't think it made it onto my any of my lists, but that was like, it's it's on my top list. Um, yeah, and because it's it's so much fun. It's it it's really like, is. you know, it is exactly what it needed to be, and it is set up in a way that you could just do whatever for as long as you want. And please recast do. everybody doesn't matter. Yeah, like just yeah. Whole new place, whole new villains, no reference to what happened previously, yep. a ton of reference to what happened previously. Do whatever you want. You can just keep cranking them out. I love it. Keep it moving. Love it. So good. Um, was there anything else? I mean, it had some smaller stuff like uh, uh, showing up the Kelly Reichardt film that I really liked. Bo is Afraid mm-hmm. I had on Underseen Gem, the Ari Aster film. Um, I had um, You Are So Not Invited to My Bar Mitzvah. To my oh, yeah. Mitzvah. Yeah, that was I had under biggest surprise because that is a Netflix Adam Sandler movie. And I was like, probably going to be bad, but I was pleasantly (laughs) surprised by it It is, you know, actually a lot of fun. I I wouldn't put it in a top tier of like, you know, Killers of Flower Moon or Barbie or anything like that. Sure. um, I was surprised that it was a lot better than your normal Adam Sandler Netflix movie. So, yeah, no, that's a really good one, too. Um I also want to shout out Dream Scenario. I had in Biggest Surprise because mm. with Cage, you really never know. It could be one of the worst movies you've ever seen or it could be Pig or Mandy or like something that he yeah. really puts his all into. And Dream Scenario is one of those where you're like, no, he's perfect for this role. Um, and I re- I can't wait for you to see this one as well because it's just yeah, it's just so weird, but in a perfect kind of way. Um, Word on the street is Nicolas Cage only has a few movies left in him. 
a um, few movies. It's like <laughs> we'll see. First three months of 2024, and he's done. You know. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> did like Drive Angry count as one of your movies? Right. Yeah. You know, like, I, you know, there are plenty of roles you could do Nicolas Cage that uh, wouldn't require much of you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh God, I don't know if I believe him, but um, yeah, um, John Wick Four for me, but you know, mm. yeah. That made the pass of once I didn't delete immediate ones from 2023 that I didn't delete immediately. Nice, nice. Um, which <laughs> there were a lot of a lot of those that I was just like, yeah, yeah I'm not uh, talking about Shazam: Fury of the Gods. Ah, uh, quasi, yeah. quasi. Oh Jesus, yeah, uh, Flash. But um, <laughs> Flash, yeah. Um, I'll throw out two, and I we talked about this pretty recently, but I had the holdovers on a couple of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know where, but there will be nominations for the holdovers uh, in the Oscars this year. 100%. Um, somewhere. I don't really know who. Probably Giamatti, but... Yeah, definitely Giamatti. Maybe even Alexander Payne, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there could be, like, script categories in there as well. So. Totally, yeah. All right. Sweet. Well, so that's the draft. We've still got a little bit of time here. Yes. Do well. We were planning on talking through our top five of the year because yeah. why not? Um, not in depth, obviously, but just to to give our thoughts on what we really, yeah. really, truly loved. Um, do you want to do top five? Or you want to do top ten? We can definitely do top ten. I've got my ten because I'm looking at my top ten here, and I'm like, we've talked about most of them. Yeah, so we won't have to get caught up. Totally. Um, yeah, I'm super down to do top ten. Let's do it. Um, nice. and I don't think we have um, to go back right. and forth. I think we can probably just run th- through them. Or what do you think? Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, say what you want. Of them. I mean, you want to just like, do it like a, we'll just do it like a Letterman top 10 countdown. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that means, but. Uh, sure. Well, you did the draft first, so I'm going to start first on this one. And yeah. I'm going to say my number 10 was the killer. Yeah. Um, sneaks in. I like. Yeah knocks out a couple that i'm like yeah yeah but yeah this movie was really good i mean the introspection in this movie is oh, i think what dude. it's all about the yeah. subtleness and the just conversation about what it is to be a killer not in hollywood's uh yeah eyes yes you know? and what it means to be david Something fincher <laughs> and what it yeah yeah um i mean yeah. it is great to see um michael fassbender back in stuff he kind of faded away for a little bit there um, yeah but he's he's back there's this in next goal wins which we won't talk about but nope but <laughs> uh it's good to see him back good to see him with a filmmaker who kind of get greatness out of him so that was my number yes. 10 down at the killer that's a great one i have the killer on my list as well we'll get to it in a moment my number 10 is kelly record showing up which just i snuck it in under the wire i just saw it a couple weeks or like nice. last week um just yeah, another just absolutely unique film from her that showcases what it means to be an artist, what it means to be a person, and what it means to kind of like just move through life, which is what she does mm-hmm. the best. And this stars Michelle Williams. And again, Michelle Williams is one of those performers that can kind of do it all, but you forget because every performance is like, oh, she can do that. Like, wow, she's, this is what she does. And it's yeah. like, no, you don't know what Michelle Williams does. She does everything. Um, 
and this is a beautiful film. Hong Chao is in here. Andre 3000 is in here. Um, yeah, I just, I love this film. So Kelly Reichardt showing up is my number 10. Nice. Nice. Um, do you want to go to your number nine? We'll go back to our regular Oh yeah, we can do, we can do here. snake here. Yeah. Cause yeah. my number nine is, uh, the killer, which is just, nice. there you go. <laughs> I love the killer. It's awesome. I saw it in a the theater. I bought it on Blu-ray. It's like one of those that I'm like, oh yeah, this isn't exactly what I pictured from Fincher, but it is yeah. exactly perfect to his, where he's at in his life, where I'm at in my life with his filmography and, uh, yeah, a great, great, uh, yeah. great fast. If you had asked tilda. for a, <laughs> yes, great Tilda. Yeah. Um, if you had asked for like a description of what this movie was, you know, six months ago. Yeah. You would have gotten something very different than what it actually was, but still fantastic. Fantastic. So my number nine is the killer. Nice. Nice. Uh, my number nine is, uh, Oppenheimer. Nice. Okay. Okay. So low. So surprised Very low. it's that yeah. low. Um, and I'm almost embarrassed at a couple of the things that are above it. But like, <laughs> I mean, this movie is like the cultural phenomenon of the year. Um, yeah. It is absolutely incredible. It is absolutely Nolan at the, like, the top of his game. Yeah. Um, honestly, the thing that comes to mind first is it's so goddamn long. <laughs> um, and for whatever reason, I think back now that uh. I'm like a couple... I don't know. I think a couple months removed from this. I'm like, I think back and I have a hard time holding the entirety of the movie in my mind Mm. Mm. because it is disjointed, but like not in a negative way in that, but like, it's not, you know, linear. Totally. Um, And it is a bunch of different time periods and all this kind of stuff. So I'm like, I feel like when I go back and think about Oppenheimer, I'm not, remembering it as a whole Mm. you know and i think for me that's why it's falling on my list in that like the truly great movies are the ones that you can like relive just you can feel that whole emotion again when you think about it and it's like yeah that oppenheimer just doesn't hit that quite for me so it's a little low on the list totally I 100% get that. Um, It is on my list, so I'll hold my thoughts until we get there. But I get that. And there's a really specific reason why it has held better for me. But we'll talk about that when we Mm. get there. Um, So now, by my death by my own hand, I have to go directly from my number (laughs) nine to number eight, um, which I am embarrassed to say is Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Let's go. Let's go. Um, Hot take Dungeons and Dragons better than Oppenheimer. I can't believe I just said that. I it's such believe. a weird thing, but I have, it's very different reactions to each of yeah. these. My experience with Oppenheimer was very much as like a cinephile and like, let me go experience this film. Whereas my experience with Dungeons and Dragons was like, I like playing Dungeons and Dragons. I like make believe. Let's go have fun with Chris Pine. Yes. You yes. know, and Michelle uh, Rodriguez. Like there's, so much fun and so much whimsy, I think, in this movie um, that yeah. doesn't take itself so too seriously and just kind of like, I don't know, really fits the bill for what it is. 100%. So, way better than it needed to be in every sense yeah. of the word. Like, it had any business being, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, wait a minute, was that great? Like, I remember thinking that after I watched <laughs> I'm like, is that just awesome? Like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, that's yeah. a fantastic one. So that was your number eight? That's my number eight, yeah. So gotcha. we're on to your number eight. 
All right, my number eight. Wow, we're this is a gauntlet here. Um, my number eight is Barbie. Yeah. Um, a little lower than Ooh. it was normally. It started at my number five when I saw it, and I was just placing things, and it has moved because I've seen a lot of movies since Barbie came out. Um, yes. This movie is phenomenal. Greta Gerwig stays undefeated. She hasn't made a bad film. This movie was kind of... I don't want to say... like. It, it was a tough one to get across the finish line because of what it was supposed mm-hmm. to be and what it actually ended up meaning to the culture. And by some stretch of the imagination, it just nailed it every single turn. Like there yeah. wasn't a time where I was like, Oh, this is kind of like, not really like there are things that I didn't work a hundred percent for me, but I attribute those to being like creative decisions that are purposeful and weren't supposed to work yeah. for me because when you're working with Greta Gerwig in a script by Greta and Noah, like you're not, they don't, this is intentional. Um, yeah, but just, I mean, it's Barbie dude. We, we will it's remember Barbie. this year through Barbie and that's it's the Barbie. Be, yeah. It's the yeah. Barbenheimer year. Like yes. that's, you know, <laughs> like it'll be that thing. We'll see it in memes in 2028 where people are like, Oh, remember that summer of Barbenheimer? Yeah. Like we'll go down. That'll be history. the big one that, that survives. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, uh, on my list too. And we can, I don't know if I'll have anything additional to say about Barbie, but <laughs> gotcha. Um, um, so yeah, my number eight is Barbie. My number seven is May December, which uh, I'm glad that we got to see mm. it before we did this. Um, this movie is just something else, man. I don't know how to describe it yeah. to people when they ask me. I still don't really know how to describe it to myself. It is such a weird, like soap opera esque. Like not com like people are calling it a comedy. It's not a comedy. There's funny aspects to it because of how melodramatic and unserious parts of it are. But at the heart mm-hmm. of it is just this really tragic, sad, and kind of scary situation between these three people who are all taking advantage of each other at the same time. And what Todd Haynes does with Natalie Portman and Charles Melton and Julian Moore is just something that needs to be studied because I'm like, how the f- how did this mm-hmm. work? This shouldn't work, and it works perfectly. And I listened to the score the other day. What a weird score, dude! It is just like so yeah. aggressive and like, but it, but it's so perfect for that film. So, um, yeah, yeah May December's best original score is going to be a gauntlet this year. Oh my god, <laughs> it's going to be insane. Um, but yeah, May December is my number seven. Love it, love it. I love all these movies. Nice, but <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Um. So that'll bring us over to my number seven, mm-hmm. uh, which is going to be Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One. There you go. Um, yeah. You know, it, like we kind of just did a whole bit on this, so I won't reelaborate, but I love this movie. This movie knew what it was. This movie is great. Yeah. 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 Run sideways, <laughs> dumbass. Yes. Oh, God. Uh, so that'll bring me up to my number six, which is like the biggest shift Uh Mm. ever and my number six is going to be killers of the flower moon there you go um yeah i just watched this movie this past weekend tune in on sunday for our my tuned in review of it but um this movie is incredible this movie is martin scorsese firing on all cylinders yeah um it's really weird on my list i have dungeons i have oppenheimer dungeons and dragons mission impossible and killers of the flower moon it's like a line of like (laughs) filmmaking quality where there's still a chance that I'm going to like something that appeals to my just like more fun popcorn going mindset. Yeah. That's going to beat out really good quality cinema. But then 
I shift back at a point where I'm like, well, okay, but that was like actually really good. And I appreciate that more than like (laughs) sitting in a popcorn. So like, yeah, going from Oppenheimer to Dungeons and Dragons and then going from Mission Impossible to Killers of the Flower Moon feels very like defining of my taste, I guess. Yeah. Um, But Killers of the Flower Moon is amazing. I'm it took us years to get here um, and years to get through it. But yep. Like the scope, the cinematography, the camera work, the emotion, the, score the supporting again. cast, the score again, the like just every little detail being in a fine, fine point. And then Robert De Niro and Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese. Like, yeah, it's like all the geeking out that we did last year for uh, or two years ago for The Irishman. Uh, or four years ago for the Irishman. Um, Yeah. Oh God. You know, about like, oh yeah, it's like De Niro and Pesci. It's like, it's the same level of uh, Scorsese fandom just being put out here. Totally. So that'll be my number six. Killers of the Flower Moon. Yes. Nice. Um, All right. So now we're to me. To your six. Yes. All right. So my six uh, is a movie I just saw. It's Poor Things, Yorgos Lanthimos. Um, As soon as I saw it. And again, my experience with a lot of these films is where I saw it, who I saw it with, and the experience I got. Because I saw most of these films apart from two of them in a theater, and so and in specific theaters. So seeing Poor Things at the Coolidge with a couple of my really good friends and being in that atmosphere, not that it was going to be so much different if I watched it at home, but mm-hmm. it was perfect. It was the perfect screening where everybody was so into it they understood the assignment nobody was like walking out in the middle which i could see in an amc this movie is so weird so quintessential yorgos in the weirdest possible ways but it's also like i said earlier showcasing i guess not earlier on sunday when you listen to tuned in emma stone at her best and it's weird to say that about someone who's been working for 20 years at their best and being like oh no but she has levels um yeah it's just it's and same with mark ruffalo and defoe you're like i knew you guys were talented but like you always surprise me and same with yorgos i'm just like i'm i'm kind of astounded at this film and how much i love it and how weird it is and how many risks were taken with the cinematography the subject matter the way that it's like the way that it's like compiled and told it's just so strange and so beautiful and so um just so perfect so poor things is my number six can't wait for you to see it loved it um absolutely amazing and then my number five is spider-man across the spider-verse uh ooh, it just like it's amazing uh what like i I don't (laughs) yeah i think we started this episode (laughs) saying how much we've talked about this this movie so yeah i don't want to say too much about it other than like it's just incredible it's it's a true like work of art that will be will will stand the test of time and will go down as one of not just the greatest superhero movies, not just one of the greatest animated films, but one of those great films that I think people will revisit mm-hmm. time and time again. Yeah. Masterclass shit right there. So yeah, that's my number five. Nice. Uh so that'll bring us over to my number five, mm-hmm. uh, which is gonna be one I watched recently called The Holdovers. Yeah. You know, I'm pretty close to this movie still. Um, You haven't seen it yet, right? No. Damn. (laughs) No. So close to this movie in that, like, I've watched it recently. Um, But I keep thinking about it in terms of just a general atmosphere. It's you can feel the rooms that they're in. Just like the vibe is 
off the charts in this yeah. movie. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, we are just talking about Scorsese and De Niro and, you know, arguably Yorgos and Emma Stone. Yeah. Um, but Paul Giamatti and Alexander Payne are meant to make art together. And there's something beautiful about this movie. I, I, I want to say I, it would be one of those ones that I would revisit every Christmas. I don't mm. think it really would be, but like, I yeah. want it to be, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, it doesn't have that feel good, like popcorniness to it that you want. Like, let's watch a holiday movie, but yeah, I want it to be a movie that I re- revisit every year because it has such a strong message and a strong point of view and a strong story to tell. So Yeah. I can't wait to see it. I'm so, so excited to see this movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I hope I'm not overhyping it for you. Um, no, no, but no, no. the holdovers, so. that's my, my number five of the year. Um, nice. It's also worth like asterisks qualifying on this that like, these are our, Top ten as of you know December eighteenth when we're recording this. So right, we have there's a lot, a lot still. We're about to get yeah, we're about to get Maestro. We're about to get all kinds of stuff that you heard at yeah. the top. So yeah, who knows where we are at the end of the year? But my number four, uh, we're gonna pop up, and my number four is gonna be Barbie. There you go. Um, yeah, it's Barbie. Like this is one of the few movies from this year that I've already watched twice. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't rewatch movies that often, and I went back to. As soon I saw this in the theater, which a is rare, uh, yeah. and then I went when it came out on VOD. I, I watched again because, I mean, like you said, you, like we've said, like Greta is a master at this kind of stuff. This is an impossible needle to thread. Yeah, literally, uh, <laughs> like a se- a millimeter in either direction, and this movie, you know, stumbles and falls. But it is exactly what it needed to be. Um, yeah. And exactly what Greta Gerwig could do for it. So it's, it's, yeah. Um, I remember rolling my eyes when, when two years ago we were like, oh, a Barbie movie. And then they were like, and Greta Gerwig's attached. And we went, we're like, huh? What are you talking about? Um, yeah. And here we are. You know, it's like we, I mean, like we just said, it's the movie of the year. It's what yes. the scholars will remember. <laughs> right. This year is defined, like it is the Barbenheimer thing, but it is defined by Barbie. Barbie will stand the test of time. Oppenheimer yeah. might, but Barbie is is solidified in history. Um, yeah. Fantastic. All right. So my four now. Yes. I think. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So here's where our tastes diverge. My number four is John Wick chapter four. Um, uh, again, this is a yes. film that is heavily colored by the first time I saw it, which was in the Dolby theater surrounded by my friends. And I just remember as soon as this film started and as soon as like that first kind of sequence began, we were off to the races and I was just kind of like jaw on the floor as to what I was seeing because I knew going in what this, what I wanted this to be, which was a showcase of just pure stunt work and story is kind of secondary for me for John Wick because if you mm-hmm. if you look under a microscope, it's just ridiculous and it's stupid. And I think yeah. John Wick Four embraced that fact by making it even dumber by showing how ridiculous the high table is and all of these antiquated kind of traditions that you have to go through in a, in order to get to a certain spot. And I thought that was also really smart on top of the fact that you just have some of the most insane stunt work. And uh, yeah. like stunt choreography, fight choreography, falling, like everything you can think of, they did in this film. And it blew me away. We walked out of the theater and I was like, holy shit, 
they did it. Like they actually did it. Um, and I've revisited it since there's, there's that moment where you're like, this is really long, but that first watch for me is still so strong in my mind that I'm like, whatever happens, this is, this is a five banger for me. Um, and well, and I mean, that's the thing, like, you know, what you're talking about here is taste, you know, like there's all of these things on our lists that are like pillars of filmmaking and, yeah. you know, Martin Scorsese <laughs> at his best or like, you know, Oppenheimer, like all that kind of stuff. But a lot of these lists of our top 10 has nothing to do with like the filmmaking quality. It has to do with the experience that you have watching it. Exactly. And there's no better thing than, than, than John Wick chapter four. Um, so that's my number four, weirdly enough. My number three, uh, is Oppenheimer. Again, this movie. So I said, I was going to talk about this. Um, I saw it twice in theaters and that really was where it, and the first time I saw it in IMAX on 70 millimeter. And that really Mm -hmm. did color everything about this film because I got to go back a week later and then really sit down and like sit with this and chew on it a bit and like really like pay attention to the nuance and the filmmaking. Yeah. And so for me, that's why it sticks out so much is because I remember every beat of this film um, mm-hmm. and seeing it in like that 70 millimeter format in I'd never been to the Providence Theater and that was just like an experience for me in itself. It is just a it's a wondrous thing. I'm like me as someone who's like not a hundred percent on Nolan's side and then being like, mm-hmm. is this my number one movie? Like for a while, this was my number one after seeing, I was like, yeah, everything about this is just exactly the way I wanted it to be. It's not a perfect film, but for Nolan, it's like, whoa. Um, yeah. And the Trinity test and the score and Killian's performance. And it's just like, everything comes together. So yeah, my yeah. number three is Oppenheimer. 100%. Yeah. I mean, like, like we're saying, say what you will. It is like a top tier yeah. filmmakers movie. Yeah. It, you know, you, you say with like John Wick, where if you put it under a microscope, it kind of falls apart. If you put on Oppenheimer yeah. under a microscope, you're going to find more filmmaking like right. talent. Yeah. So. <laughs> so that brings us to number my number three. right? Yeah. Uh, my number three is one. I can't again. I can't believe I'm saying this, but my number three is Tetris. Let's um, go. And like, you know, the same kind of thing we're talking about. I had such a fantastic experience watching this movie because I didn't expect anything. Yeah. And then it grabbed me and it pulled me in and it pulled me in way farther than I would have ever thought it was possible to. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, we talked about it earlier, but this movie's great. It's I had great. so much fun with this movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I want to revisit it, you know. Um, yeah. I'm. Again, like a little like mortified that it's that high <laughs> on my that it's my number three movie of the year. But hey, man, that's, you know, that's where I'm at in my life. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> no wrong answers. No wrong answers. Uh, so that'll bring us up to my number two, right? Your two. Yeah. So here we go. Dear listeners, we're wrapping it up yep. soon. Uh, my number two is uh, Past Lives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This is a movie that. Everyone was like, oh, this is great. You should watch it. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I hadn't really heard anything about it, whatever. Mm-hmm. And watching it and after watching it, it just, I'm like carrying it with me. Yes. There's something so organic and so real mm-hmm. about this movie in that like there none of nothing 
no part of it feels like a Hollywood movie or like even an indie movie. There's no part of it that feels like a movie. It just feels like life. Yes. You know, and I feel like I've, you know, sat in these bars and sat in these cafes and like seen people that are in this kind of like situation, you know, or like yeah. just observing people. And like, that's what this film feels like is just observing people yeah. um, as they go about their lives. And I mean, what a like powerhouse first directing debut. Unreal. It blows my mind. It blows my mind. This is <laughs> yeah, an incredible movie. Yeah. Um, and it's like such a small movie that like no one for a long time was really like pushing or talking about. It's right. starting to get some traction now, but yeah, the sheer number of top five lists that this is making is just like insane because of, but it's true. Yeah. It's like, and it hits everyone a little bit differently. Um, yeah. Past lives. God damn. Yeah. All right. That'll bring us to your number two, Josh. Yeah. My number two is Killers of the Flower Moon, um, a movie that I didn't nice. really realize I was going to do this, but I saw it on back to back nights in theater, into two different theaters. Um, and that mm. is another reason why it's my experiences seeing these films have colored my opinion so much because getting to see it like that allowed me to chew on it the way that I should have been chewing on it, which is like be overwhelmed by it. And then really, mm -hmm. really get specific and look at the different parts of it and how well it works. Because the first time you're just kind of like over what you're like, whoa, like this thing is something yeah. to behold. But then as you get more specific, you pick things out that are it's like Fincher and the killer. It's like you pick these things out that you're just like, this is Marty just talking directly to his critics. And all yeah. through the film, there's so much there. It's so rich, but it's also a story that's worth telling and needs to be told and it's told the way that Scorsese tells stories. It's just highly watchable, yeah. extremely entertaining, but with this just realness about it. Um, and it's just, it's a masterwork. It's a masterpiece by Scorsese. You said that earlier. It's totally true. Like, this is such a, like, you can't, getting to this point in his career and making a movie this good is like, really? You had this yeah. in the barrel? Like, that's unbelievable. You, yeah. Um, so my number two is killers of the flower moon. I'm absolutely astonished nice. by this film still. Um, yeah. And like, you know, Scorsese just like, I mean, like so many things just like reflecting on his career too. There's a whole yeah. point to be had in that of this is a movie that only Scorsese could make because it's yes. only coming from his experience. Right. Exactly. Which makes it even more powerful. And I think the layers, all of these filmmakers working at the the height yeah. of their it's just crazy um which then brings me to my number one which is past lives uh i awesome. i've talked a lot about this film so i'm not going to go into too much detail but this movie like touched me and changed the way i think about things in my own life in ways that none of these movies even came close to like it was one where i left the theater thank god i got to see it in a theater too because it was really an experience mm. and i just stood out there and i was like what did i just what just happened to me? Yeah. There's something I've been changed. And then the whole time I was driving home, I just didn't even turn on any music. I was just like, I need to think about this. And yeah, everything you said, I mean, the, the fact that it's basically you're observing, it feels like you're observing people in their element in real time, but backed up by these performances that are so naturalistic that you yeah. really feel your heart like breaking for them. But there's also like towards the end, 
it's tragic, but it's also hopeful because the whole movie revolves around the fact that like this is a pa- you, right now is a past life of our future selves. And that kind yeah. of changed the way that I kind of experience things. And so, like, again, this this movie touched me in many, many different ways. And it's it's a fucking masterpiece. I can't believe, like, you're, like, pissed off about Celine's song. I'm like, how did you do this? Like, how the hell does this work so well? <laughs> but it does. And I hope it gets tons of Oscar love. But my number one movie from 2023 is Past Lives. Um, yeah. Which brings Epic. us to yours. Which brings us to my number one. Which, which... I know what it is. <laughs> Yeah, there was never any chance. My number one is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. You know, for all the movies that we watch on this podcast, I am still just a Spider-Man fanboy. Yeah. You know, the 90s animated Spider-Man TV show is like one of the earliest things I remember watching. And it's like the basis of all of my superhero knowledge. Like it all stemmed from that. And there's so much in that that's reflected in... Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. You know, in terms of just its like scope and integration. Although my 90s Spider-Man guy was like not in that, so true. Like, whatever. Yeah. Um there's there's another one coming. <laughs> I hold out hope. Um, true. But I mean, this movie is like all of the fandom that I carry for Spider-Man wrapped in just incredible filmmaking talent. Yeah. Every frame is beautiful. Every little detail is thought about every style is uniquely its own every universe is uniquely its own and i mean i you know we've talked about this movie for nine months now you know it's yeah. there's no chance this doesn't take the win for best animated feature this year yeah if it doesn't then something is ri- seriously rigged like that doesn't make any sense yeah um <laughs> i wouldn't honestly be surprised if we saw it on the top 10 list for um best picture i yeah yeah absolutely incredible agree um and there we go. There we go. Yes. So <laughs> the whole 10 took a little bit long, longer than I thought it was going to. But it's good. Um, I was a little panicked for time. He's just like, have we been talking for like 20 minutes here? Try 20 um, minutes. <laughs> but, uh, but there we go. So you want to yeah. run through your top 10 there real quick? Josh? Yes, I will. Um, my number 10 is showing up Kelly Reichert. My number nine is the killer David Fincher. My number eight is Barbie Greta Gerwig. Uh, my number seven is May December Todd Haynes. My number six is Poor Things, Yorgos Lanthimos. My number five is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which is the, what is that, Mil- like Lord and Miller? Phil, Phil Lord and... Uh, yeah. Yeah, Lord Chris and Miller. Chris yeah. Miller. Um, we have John Chris Wick Miller. Chapter 4, yeah. which is Chad Stahelski. Uh, we have Oppenheimer, Nolan, Killers of Flower Moon, Scorsese, and then Past Lives is my number one Celine song. Um, and what is your top 10, Willis? Nice. All right, so my top 10 uh, is going to be The Killer at 10, uh, Oppenheimer at number nine, number eight, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, number seven, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, part one. I will say both of those also saw in a theater. Mm-hmm. Um, number six is Killers of the Flower Moon. Number five is The Holdovers. Number four is Barbie. Number three is Tetris. Uh, number two is past lives and number one is Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. There you go. Um, what a year it has been. I know really good movies across the board, guys. Just it's true. Really great shit. And it's Um, so bizarre because there's going to be so many that like we get into early 2024 and like, look at all these 2023 movies I'm watching now. I know it's Uh, insane. They're all making it to, to streaming. So it never ends. It really doesn't. Um, 
which is good. It's good for us. But uh, yeah. But yeah. So we hope you enjoyed this episode of just a lot of movies and talking about a lot of movies. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think uh, our both of our top tens will count as this week's recommendation. Yes. Watch them all. <laughs> because, watch them all. Yeah. Watch them all. Um, Before the end of the year, we challenge you. Yep. Yeah, good Lord. Good luck. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that'll do it. That'll be it. All right. That's the end of the year. That is a wrap on 2023 God. for Pixel Splitters, everybody. Yeah. Obviously, as you're listening to this, there's still a week left in the year. Um, sure. We're not going to be here next year. Next year. Next We week. will be here next year. We won't be here next week. Yes. Um, but then in the new year, we'll be back uh, mm-hmm. and we'll have some fresh episodes. Uh, lots of stuff coming in 2024. Um, yeah. We'll see what the real fallout from the strikes is. I know. Uh, we'll see what on earth Marvel does. Mm-hmm. We'll see what DC does. Uh, I think that stuff's starting to come. And um, it's a big reset across the board here. Big reset across the board. And a lot of stuff that was going to come out this year that got pushed. Which seems Dune 2, baby. Still chugging yeah. along. <laughs> the uh, the bike riders I saw just got a date in June, too. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah. Challengers. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of stuff that was supposed to come out yep. this year, which honestly, thank God it didn't. I don't know what I would have done. Like, there's just too much. Yeah. So I'm like, good. We have a couple things for next year, but, but yeah. 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 And then there'll be the thousands of things that we have no idea are coming. Mm-hmm. That were like, what on earth is past lives? Yep. And made there our, it is. Made both of our top, top two. <laughs> yeah. Insane. Wow. Um. All right. Well, Josh. Uh. It is an honor to do this podcast with you, good sir. Yeah, uh, you we're too, going man. into our third year doing this. Something fourth? like that. Maybe fourth? I'm not going to commit. 22, 23, 24. Yeah. 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 Wild. Wild. Um <laughs> and uh thank you dear listener. Uh go on uh to our social media. Yeah. Uh and let us know who you think won the uh the draft. Yeah, I'll put um, a poll up at by some whatever. Point on Instagram. Yeah, by whatever metric you want to metric it by. Yeah, um, yeah. Let <laughs> us know who wins uh, and who gets bragging rights. I guess I don't even know. Like bragging rights doesn't even sound that impressive because I'm like, eh, no, I like my list. <laughs> yeah, I like mine too. It's just a personal taste list. It's not like I'm not trying chipped to out of anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the real test is what what is Jess gonna pick? Um, but That's I think true. I, I already true. know that. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, she could choose right. neither of us because our lists are stupid. So. <laughs> True. I haven't seen any of those movies yet. Um, <laughs> um, all right. Cool. Well, that'll do it. Um, Josh, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, yeah. Uh, people can find me on the internet. That on, part. Yeah, that part uh, on Instagram and Letterboxd at Josh J. Fuller. And where can people find you, Willis? You can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd at Willis Film. And if you want to find the podcast and you want to vote on our things, this is what made me Think oh, yeah. um, <laughs> you can find the podcast on Instagram at Pixel Splitters and on Letterbox at Pixel Splitters. Uh, you can find all of our episodes on pixelsplitters.com. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I don't have something bigger than pixelsplitters.com. I was like, ooh, is there like a and stay tuned for next nah, year roll trailer? Yeah, and then nah, we get together know. like a pre cut thing <laughs> of I don't know. Um, I don't have anything for that. We love, dear listeners. We love, I'm on a roll here. Dear listeners, we love doing this podcast for you. Yes. Um, We are super excited to keep doing this podcast for you. And uh, more things. We will keep pushing for more things. Yes. 
Exactly. No, it is one of the things I'm I'm very proud of in my adult life is doing this podcast, and I'm very thankful yeah. to be able to do it and nerd out every week. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And it makes me watch so many movies. I know it's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, like I've watched over 200 movies this year. That's yeah, crazy, insane, absolutely insane. I think before we did this podcast, I was around like 30 or 40 years. Yeah, I was like, if crazy. that, yeah, there's no way, but yeah. Um. <laughs> half of them are rewatches of marvel properties that in jurassic park yeah <laughs> yes there you go and on that note yes josh why don't you take us out of 2023 yes oh my god end of year and end of pod <laughs>